0: Oh, God, no. What have you done to me? Oh, God, no!
1: Hey, wake up, Undyne. You fell asleep at your post and were having a nightmare.
0: What the? Sands, where am I?
1: You're in the same crappy underground that you've been in your entire life.
0: Oh, God, it was an awful dream, Sands. I dreamed that people knew about this place and they were obsessed over it. And they drew pictures of us. Horrible pictures. I can't even describe that They were just so wrong.
1: Yeah, you were having a nightmare, all right. What human would want to draw pictures of us monsters? Especially in this dump.
2: Undyne Sands, I just got one of those new smartphones. It's so smart, it knows who we are. Papyrus, you're full of crap. No, it's true. Look, see this place? See this place, Undine? It's called DV and Art. It knows what... About you and Alphys! Pictures of you two hugging naked is so adorable! Ah! Why'd she run off screaming? You bonehead! Why did you show her that trash? I'll have you know, brother, that what I showed her was not trash! The Internet has rules about these things. Apparently, there are 34 of them! Hey, I just found a funny picture of Mrs. Toriel, she's all blown up like a balloon! What the... give me that phone! Oh, stop hitting me! I haven't even showed you the one with Metatown and his robot arms yet. How You're, you're going to break my phone.
3: is RBG backtrack RBGamer's gamers official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of pc gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear join hosts kelly ryan matt mason and the estimable mike Minky, as they and their guests tell you what to borrow what to buy and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky
0: Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, which is your news show, and q and Quest, which is your feedback show, and we are your nostalgia show. With me is the sands to my papyrus, Mr. Matt Mason.
3: Oh, that makes me so happy. That's my favorite font. <laughs>
0: I I was about to say, I think we're both kind of sans in that we're lazy, but I digress. And then uh, Mr. Q&A Quest himself, uh, David (laughs) McBurdy.
2: Feedback
1: nostalgic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then new to the reboot, but uh, I I still know him from RPG Cast, it is Pascal Takaya.
1: I'm here to profess my undying meh. About this game.
0: Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you don't have to look yeah. very far. Well, someone oh. was fans anyway.
0: Oh, we're gonna have an interesting <laughs> cast because we got me and David, which are kind of the fan fanboys, fan people. We love the game. Fan fans. Fan, fan <laughs> fans. And then we've got Team Meh over on the other side with Pascal and Matt.
1: That that pretty much
3: describes my feelings. I'm so happy to learn that I'm not alone tonight.
1: Yeah, well, and so if you, I'll just point you to the review section where you can learn these things in advance. <laughs> uh, it's no secret that yeah. uh, I didn't get it.
0: Yeah. So, to, oh, go, sorry. oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. Uh, I seem to remember um, when, well, I mean, this is already like trying to probably jump the gun again. I'll, I'll hold off until you're ready to get into the official segment, I
0: guess. Yeah, because <laughs> we are going to take a quick break break before we get into it but before we do i just want to point out that this because i i I scheduled these shows months in advance so i have no idea what's going to be going on and i had no idea it was going to be coming out to xbox which i think was a couple of weeks ago i want to say
2: yeah that happened a few weeks ago yeah so
0: perfect timing but also crappy timing because we are going to spoil the shit out of this game And it's really one of those games that you're best served going in blind, even though that's sort of impossible at this point, what, six years in, give or take? So just warning up front, this whole cast is going to be spoilers. It's impossible to talk about without spoilers. So there's your warning. You've been warned. And with that, after this short musical interlude, we will be right back. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, 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 in
2: fact, in 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 fact, in
0: fact, in 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 And welcome back to RPG Backtrack, our special Undertale/slash Delta Rune show, which if if this seems familiar, we kinda did a show about indie games in general, and this one was kind of buried within it. And I thought that it kind of warranted its own discussion, especially since a pseudo sequel came out. Um yep. Don't know what you guys think.
3: We've got actually looking at our schedule. Games we got a couple different games that we're pulling out of that indie episode from about two and a half years ago, and we'll be going more in depth with. Yeah. This year. I think they did.
0: Yeah. P- plus, we got newer people that haven't been on that might have an opinion. So anything goes with this this backtrack reboot but getting into undertale right now it was developed by programmer toby fox in just 32 months with game maker studio and had timmy chang as an assistant um, it was part of a kickstarter that had a goal of five grand and ended at 50 grand and toby was famous for making uh, earthbound rom hacks prior to this
2: He was also uh well known within the fandom for the webcomic homestuck where he did most of the music
0: right right i completely forgot that bit because i homestuck is one of those things that always been off has always been off my radar
2: yeah it's 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 i would probably credit like that's probably where a lot of that kickstarter money came from which is the only reason i really bring it up yeah,
0: so so he has a knack for ending up in fandoms with uh, crazy fans.
2: Do I mention that I think he may also have been in the Toho fandom at some point?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this this game was a rousing success and successful enough that people were all like, "Well, what's Toby gonna do next?" And oh, I, see, when did I didn't put the release date, but several years after Undertale was a success, on the anniversary, he was kind of hinting at a sequel, and then just. Release Delta Deltarune Chapter 1 for free.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing uh, October of 2018 for Deltarune.
0: Yeah. I now I can't remember when the original game came out. 2015. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so tw- 2015, so three years later. Yeah, that that's about right. And he's basically like, I don't know what to do. I'm a single programmer. I should hire a team, but I don't want to, so here's what I've been tinkering with ever since the success. And... Delta Rune was a I don't even want to call it a sequel it has a lot of the same characters but they're very different and it it's a game that can be played in two hours I literally like played it over Monday and Tuesday this week that's how short it is
2: I mean Delta is literally an anagram of Undertale so I would describe yeah. it as like a rearrangement of Undertale
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that too Getting into um, Undertale's gameplay, the whole thing is kind of a comedy RPG in a way. It takes so many of Undertale's tropes and just kind of breaks, or not Undertale's tropes, I'm sorry, RPG tropes and just kind of breaks them in half and subverts every expectation. Uh, The battle screen, you move around a heart to dodge bullets. And the whole point of the game is that you can get through any fight without actually having to kill anything. And that's kind of your hook.
2: uh, I believe that was like the first thing on the Steam page, at least when it first came out. It's the RPG where nobody has to
0: die. Yeah. Yeah, and Deltarune kind of takes that but then adds two other party members to the mix, which kind of makes it a very a very interesting dynamic because you have one party member that you can't control for the first half of the game, and they're kind of blood crazy, so you have to warn the enemies to dodge their attacks, and I don't even know how to describe it other than it's Undertale but with a party, but they they made it, or Toby made it really interesting.
1: But, I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? Yeah. More Undertale.
0: Yeah, except that it it, it it is, but it isn't. But people still loved it anyway.
1: We'll see how they feel when it's a complete game, but
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it, they said Chapter 1, it's been two years. They haven't really heard anything else. Two
2: and a half. I think the most most he's said about it is just that like the, the next it won't be like there will be a chapter two I think he just essentially said it, the, when Deltarune releases more it's just going to be the rest of the game
0: yeah but you, maybe, the good news is that you can play it for free
2: yeah it's,
1: uh, it's maybe basically the, a big demo <laughs> maybe the release date and like the full game concept are just two more tropes Getting ready to be snapped in half.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Someone that...
1: might have beaten it to that. <laughs> I think we're still waiting on Half-Life
2: Two, Episode Three. So I think you might have to fight Valve for this one. Are oh, you though? No. Are you
1: waiting on it?
2: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've long since stopped caring. Uh...
1: It it's kind of how I feel about um, the next Game of Thrones um, <laughs> book at what? this point. Are, are Am I really waiting on it still? I don't know. Oh gosh. Like I am, but am I? <laughs>
3: I, I, I feel like I have to read those all again to catch up to where I was. Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. what five years?
1: I think more than that.
3: I think it's been <laughs> about six years since I read them all, and then it's yeah. like, yeah,
1: yeah. I was late. I was late reading them, and it's been several mm-hmm. years since I finished the most recent one.
0: <laughs> I Good. I just love the joke that it's amusing that American uh, readers are finally knowing what it's like to have an anime catch up with the manga. God.
2: Oh God, no, no, no! <laughs> but
0: this this isn't a Game of Thrones podcast. I could talk about that last season all day, but today we're gonna talk about the plot of Undertale, I'm gonna try to summarize it as best I can, maybe to jog Pascal's memory. But yes, please. also, I'm,
1: that's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> but but also. To, I, I feel like recapping the game does kind of help us jog our memories too because it has been a while since we played some of these. And oh, yeah. feel free to just chime in with anything that you want to say. Um, the game starts with the story that the monsters were sealed away in the underground after years of war, and a kid falls into the gap of the underworld. A a very androgynous kid. Uh, looks, has squinty eyes, does not look male nor, nor female, just is meant to be the character avatar and the first thing you do is you meet a flower named Flowey who looks very um happy and wants to help you and he tells you oh catch catch the bullets they're full of love and then you get hurt and then he starts laughing that this is this is what it's like in the other world get used to it kid and then just fucks off
2: subversive for a flower yes
0: very subversive (laughs) nobody likes that flower by the way and and actually even before the flower kind of screws off uh that's when toriel kind of steps in and saves you from the flower and apparently she's been guiding kids through the runes this whole time and she leads you back to the back to her house like through the opening dungeon that's kind of a tutorial and she's the name, a big Torial. tutorial joke. <laughs> yeah but she also <laughs> literally holds your hand through some of the puzzles
1: um Okay. I, can, we, can I do opinion? Like, <laughs> am I allowed to share opinions yet? Yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I, I always thought that um, there was something unsettling about Toriel. I mean that's intentional. Yeah. Okay. Not an opinion. All right. Good.
0: Yeah. She. She kind. I mean, you can kind of tell that she has an ulterior motive, especially once you get back to the house because she starts acting weird, especially if you bring up wanting to leave. Mm -hmm. And she eventually tries to go seal up the back of the house, and then you get in the first real fight in the game with her. And if you do what I did, you kill her by accident, and then you reload your save file. And then Spare Her, and then um, Flowy comes up and is like, I know what you did. You cheated. You just reloaded a save file. You can't get away. You're going to have to live with your actions in this game. And I know that it's kind of trite to know what your save file does at that point, but that kind of freaked me out a little bit that the game (laughs) knew what I was doing. It
2: knew. It knew. That's a Okay.
0: No, I love fourth wall breaks like that.
2: It does something similar, if you manage to spare Toriel with the first time through, but have killed an enemy before, where it just asks you, like, what made her so special? Why'd you spare her and not anyone else?
0: Yeah, um, th- there's a lot of different variations depending on what you do in, th- in the game. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are YouTube videos that go into every single little one of them. But my, my goal the first time through was just to kind of play through it straight like I would a normal RPG.
3: That's the me too, and I killed her and felt no regret and was like, Yeah, let's get out of here.
0: Yeah. No, I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad for killing the goat mom. So after after that your kid makes his way through the woods and then that's where you meet the comedian skeletons of the game sans and papyrus named after fonts and they talk in their respective fonts which is a cute little joke and papyrus is the taller skeleton and wants to be the royal guard but he's also kind of stupid and he sets up really stupid puzzles like in one room he says that you know here's your puzzle and it's just a junior jumble which you can't even do in game and I think one of them makes a joke about a, cr- a crossword at that point. You know, it just subverting expectations once again. And then Sans is the shorter of the two, but he's also into puns, but he's also Mr. I don't give a fuck. Um, his whole character arc is that he just doesn't care about anything.
2: Or so it seems.
0: Or, yeah, or so it seems. We'll get into that. So once you kind of get through those, all those puzzles and through the first town, you end up in a boss fight with Sans. Or, no, I'm sorry, Papyrus. I'm going to get them too confused a lot. Just so you know. You end up in a boss fight with Papyrus, and he talks about how he, he has this special move, and he's going to use it on you. <clears throat> and then he turns you blue, and your heart icon during the fight is like a platformer. And you have to jump over bones. To which, at that point, that also really shocked the crap out of me. Because it was like, oh, I didn't know that the fighting was going to be different in the boss fights. So you, you basically outblast him. You can either kill him or spare him. I can't even remember how you spare him.
2: You just got to be insistent a lot with most of the bosses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, if you spare him, he becomes your friend and then warns you about... Un- who is a fish woman who is the captain of the Royal Guard. And this is where you're going through the waterfall area and kind of the cave area, um, more, more puzzles, more shops and just overall interaction and stuff like that. And eventually you, you make it to her boss fight and that one involves you shielding from her attacks because you, uh, she 's so tough that you just there 's no way that you can endure your her attacks so that you have to shield she like
2: she like stops you from moving, yeah, and you have a shield instead to like sort of rhythm game esque go uh block each attack
0: yeah, and with her, you have to like seize an opportunity to run away from battle and you have to run away from her several times in order to spare her until you finally she chases you to the hot land— And once you run away from her at that point, her armor gets so heavy and she gets so hot that she can't move anymore and she collapses. And you could do, there's a water cooler in front of it, and you could do a really dick thing and uh let out all the water in the water cooler right in front of her or you can give her some water and save her
2: that'd be a really strange thing to go about your business doing like going to all the trouble of getting to the point where she'll stop chasing you instead of killing her but then just draining the water out in front of her deeply cruel yeah i
0: i I can't remember if there's dialogue with that or not but it's it's possible um and then after that you go through Hotland, which um through that you're being taunted by a robot named Metaton. And uh, this, this nerdy dinosaur named Alphys, who is kind of a mirror to me, because, you know, she's she's nerdy and she's obsessed with anime and is really cool. But you have um, several mini fights with Metaton and eventually when you get to his boss fight, which has the best song in the game, by the way... <laughs> When you get to his boss fight His boss fight is a shoot up And then he turns into a sexy Sexy robot and you do his shoot up And you spare him By getting his ratings past 5000 <sighs>
2: Yeah, the, that entire boss fight has like that weird ratings gimmick, and I forget how that actually works, but it just it generally sort of goes up as the fight goes on and you aren't dead. So yeah. it's not too bad.
0: It usually depends on what you do in the act menu. You can be risky and it'll increase your ratings, but it'll also increase what da- more damage you do um there's items from a shop that you can buy before that happens that help increase your ratings uh, like a, a shapes a steak shaped like Metaton um th- there's all sorts of different stuff but basically you gotta outlast him and then he uh reads a heartfelt letter and I think you also knock off all his limbs at this point too uh but yeah but yeah what what, what he's when once you spare him he's happy that you made his ratings go up so good for him and then this about this point is when you're making your way to the castle and the monster... you get in random counters, but instead of fighting, the monsters tell you about the human-monster war. About how several years ago, a child fell into the underground just like you. And Toriel and Asgore adopted the child. I, f- I forgot to mention Asgore. At the beginning of the game, Toriel warns you about the King Asgore, who has a plot. Uh, but yeah, to- um so they're kind of a big, happy family, and then the child ate the poisonous flowers and died, and their son, Azriel tried to bring the human back to the human world, but the humans saw that he was a monster trying to attack a child and kill him, or they thought that he, the child was being attacked. And at this point—oh, go ahead.
1: I, I, so completely— random but i can't i can't help but hear asgore and think of like 19 late 80s early 90s like poorly translated game boy games from japan that like have like no script but they had to have names for like the final boss and asgore seems like it would be the the final boss of some game <laughs> oh, on the game I, boy knowing like the original toby,
0: yeah knowing toby that's probably intentional but that that's when asgore declared the war on the humans and how the monsters got locked away And now he needs seven human souls to break the monsters out and already has six. And that's been his plan the whole time and why all the monsters are trying to catch you. And in the core, you meet Asgore and um, he's divorced to Toriel because Toriel was upset about his plans. And it's kind of unsettling because you're expecting him to be mean and he looks really mean. He's a big old goat with horns. But he's really freaking nice. He's, like, happy to see you and stuff. And he, But he's still upset because he knows what you're going to do. And he just says, look, look, we have to do this. Just think of it like a trip to the dentist. And I'm like, well, th- thanks, Asgore. That doesn't make me feel any better. <sighs> but he, he also has a cool music sting. Cool music and a music sting. Because at the very beginning, he uh, just shoots out this trident and then stabs the spare butt at the beginning of the game so you know the the fight's real and i think you have to outlast him too and eventually when he wears down that's when Flowey comes in and kills him at the last second and then God, I'm blanking on it now. I wrote all this down, but I'm still blanking on it. He like says s- something about how your journey's over. And then on the PC version, he crashes the game.
2: Yeah, they can really do that with console versions for fair reasons.
0: Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to handle that on the console versions. But and those, they just reset it. But to me, it's not nearly as powerful. <laughs>
1: Does it just kick like maybe back to the main menu or something? Yeah,
0: it 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 resets the game. It makes it seem like the the normal story cutscene is playing out before you press start, but then it gets all corrupted, and then it looks like your save file is being corrupted, and then that's when it goes into the final boss fight, which is Photoshop flowy. Which up up until this point, all of the fights and stuff have been just like black and white, and the Photoshop flowy boss fight looks. I mean, literally, like, a Photoshop with a TV screen on it with kind of grainy video on the TV screen. Supposedly, the human in that is Toby Fox. And it's, at that point, the hardest boss fight in the game. Uh, Yeah.
2: It's definitely the weirdest.
0: Yeah. Um, Just saying something. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's already weird in a weird game. Luckily, like, each segment of that boss fight has checkpoints. So if you die, you don't have to start completely over. And yeah, you pretty much just have to kind of wait, wait him out. And eventually you'll take him down. And he's like, Flo, he's like, okay, fine. If you have a better way, I'm all ears. And then that's when you can start the new game plus. And at that point is when you uh, figure out what kind of ending you want for these characters. So technically you have to play through the game twice. One moment, like it's water.
3: Or you can say that was quite the trip and not play the game again. I mean, it also take, it depends on what you've been doing.
0: Yeah, I take it that was your path, Matt?
3: <laughs> that was my path, man. I, I got through Flowey and was like, whew, yep, that that was a game, all right. I, that, <laughs> hey, look, I can get some free DLC on Cosmic Star Heroin. Sure, uh, let me start doing that.
0: <laughs> and I, I hate to pull it, Chris, but you really did yourself a disservice not getting the true ending
3: oh boy but I,
0: under, I understand
3: I, i've been known to do that on a lot of games
0: No, sorry bravely default too <laughs> but but to be fair once you know what to do the game is really easy to go through the second time because the okay so you have to choose between getting a pacifist ending or a genocide ending
2: pacifist there are, ending. there are ver- different endings there are variant yeah. endings but yeah. those are the big endings
0: yeah so pacifist you can't kill anybody and in order to trigger the pacifist, you also have to go back to visit Papyrus after you've beat him and go on a date with him, which is a pretty funny sequence. It, it plays out like a Phoenix Wright puzzle, even even has like the intense music like a Phoenix Wright puzzle, and once you get through the date, you become friends with Papyrus and you have to kind of do the same thing with undyne it's not really a date but you go to her house and make spaghetti and um end up burning down her house by accident but then she becomes your friend and then like
2: everyone else i burn the house down off
0: Yeah, and then you go to, um, like, on your way to the core, you get a call from Undyne saying that she needed you to send a note to Alphys, and you have to go to Alphys' lab to send the note. Alphys and... Or, there's like a huge confusion thing where it Undyne thinks that you're going on a date with her or, but it was actually Alphys. that god now i'm blanking on it i'm sorry
2: you, you just end up having to set them up basically yeah yeah
0: that, that's that's basically what it boils down to because they, they've been kind of cute on each other the whole time and then after that alphas kind of You've always had this feeling, feeling that Alphys has had some guilt under the surface that you just haven't seen yet. And once she kind of, once you kind of give her a reason to live, that's when you have to go back to her lab and find the hidden hidden lab. I think it's behind a Metaton poster. I want to say, uh, but you go through the hidden lab and you find out that Alphys had been working for Asgore to try to create artificial souls instead of having to kill children. But the artificial, something with the artificial souls went bad, made these monsters called amalgamations and you have to basically spare the amalgamations to, to release their pain. Um, the whole secret lab sequence is very freaking creepy.
2: It's definitely one of the more memorable parts.
0: It's memorable, but it kind of gets into that RPG or RPG maker horror kind of trip. Mm-hmm. So w- once you get through that, then you end up meeting Asgore again. But instead of trigger- triggering the Asgore boss fight, everybody kind of comes together in this big happy lovey moment. And then Flowey shows up again, wraps everyone up in vines, and then you find you find out that Flowey has been Asriel Dreamer the whole time, the son of. As Toriel that got killed by the humans. Yeah, a lot was
2: going on for him.
0: Yeah, Um, you, you do his boss fight. His boss fight is really cool because it's one of the few that actually has colors and kind of a background and stuff. And obviously, you have to spare him to get the good ending and he is like why can't you just let me win and just zaps you with all of his power and you still don't die and then at that point he just breaks down and cries and you give him a hug and he feels better and it's so happy at that point that the happy music is going and then that's when you get the true ending and the monsters go to the surface and the at the end credits you're basically uh like seeing their lives on the surface and it's really cool
2: Papyrus is driving a car <laughs> I would not have trusted him to
0: Papyrus is driving a car Toriel's uh, running a school um, Alphys and Undaine are together it's just it's the—it's so cute and it makes you feel so happy uh, to the point to where even the game does the, makes you feel happy because if you start it up again after the credits the game's like hey do you really want to spoil everyone's happy ending I mean, you can start a new game, but everybody's happy. And when I played it, I'm like, well, no, because I want to see the other endings. So <laughs> I, I ruined
1: everybody's
0: happy ending so that I could go kill everyone.
2: I, I didn't. I was like, okay, that's enough of my relationship with this game, and I just left it at that.
0: <laughs> well, I had to see everything, but I, I regretted it very much because I, I reset it. And with the genocide, you have to play it like a normal RPG where... You run around getting in boss, getting in fights deliberately, and all of a sudden this kill count starts happening. And you have to
2: play like an obsessive plays a normal RPG, like someone who's intent on getting to level ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say this was not normal RPG because yeah,
3: after I'd killed a couple people at the beginning, and I had a friend say like, "Oh, are you going for the genocide route?" I looked it up and was like, "Oh shit."
2: It's actually very easy to it's actually very easy to luck in quote unquote luck into a very uh a very poor but not like you know full-on genocide ending Correct. if you yeah. just if you aren't being consistent enough because like uh eventually enemies will stop appearing when it puts you into a random fight but there are still sometimes occasions where it's like they you can still get into fights after that happens in a few places and it's just like oh like, you really have to
1: want it. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but yeah. with genocide, you're killing the NPCs as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, you will find that towns become deserted over time.
0: Yeah, yeah, everything is desolate. The, the in game reason why there's no NPCs is because they saw somebody basically being a murderous jerk and evacuated. And then um, Undyne and Metaton kind of unlock super modes. Um, at harder versions of their boss fights, but it doesn't matter because you're so powerful at that point. you can just one shot them anyway. Um, I cheated the first time around because I, I did a save file editor because I just wanted to see the genocide ending and boy did that bite me in the ass?
2: <laughs> I mean the undying is a really
1: hard fight even if you've fully leveled up.
0: Yeah, so the
1: gamer does not condone cheating in your games of any kind.
0: Sure. <laughs> the so, gamer
1: doesn't, but I do.
0: So you're you're <laughs> So yeah, you're feeling powerful and you're determined to see the street to the end. And then you meet Sans and Sans like, You take one more step and you're gonna have a bad time And I'm like, Screw you, I'm high level, I can take you on and then I thoroughly got my ass stomped because Sans is <laughs> the hardest bumper, <laughs> Yeah. So, and he's the hardest boss fight in the whole game. He arguably has the best song in the whole game. I'm kind of sick of hearing it myself. Um, he has one hit point, but high evasion. So, and his bullet pattern and stuff is... Bit, I've, I've described as the Battletoads Turbo Tunnel. It's not
2: wrong. It's a little... It- it's more varied than the turbo tunnel, which makes it worse. Yeah, but, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that ending one because I've I've watched several boss um, no-hit one uh, ver- versions of that fight. Which, my God, if you can do that without getting hit, you're a god. But that that last gauntlet reminds me of the turbo tunnel, and yeah, you you have to dodge but bo- you're, you're in blue mode from Papyrus's fight, but you have to dodge bones and they're super fast and the gravity is really freaking weird in that mode anyway. And if you get hit by anything, you basically get hit point drained. So you can't even really tough it out. You've got to be good at the boss fight. And then... Even if you get all the way through it, um, Sans is like, we're just going to stay in this moment forever because I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And I He just to refuses
2: to take his turn.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he eventually falls asleep, and then you have to like move the box, your game window box, into the corner to hit the fight button to hit him. He still dodges it, but then you hit him in the end, and he dies.
1: So, so what's the time commitment? Um, after, you know, playing it not to the true ending, but just the first time around, and then you replay either either one of the paths. What, what are we talking about?
2: I mean, a full genocide run is going to be the longest one by far, and it's going to be yeah. the most tedious one by far. Yeah. Uh, if you're just doing a pacifist run, like, the game is maybe four hours long. Uh, if you didn't kill anyone on your, like, original run-through before you, like... You, you can't technically like you have to when you defeat photoshop Chloe the game sort of uh treats it as like that's an ending you're done uh like you you can't uh you can't get the true ending from here but if you haven't killed anyone in your previous save file, it just opens up the unlock commitments, uh, the unlock conversations to open up the pacifist route. So you don't actually have to replay the entire game if you've been playing pacifist already. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and the, the final bit with the genocide ending is that you go to the desolate wasteland and you meet a character named Chara, who supposedly was the original kid that fell down the hole, um, that, that died via the poison flowers, but uh, somehow his soul is still in the game he has supposedly knows that you're in a game and knows how to break it and stuff and says that if you get him out of the underworld, then he can help you.
2: Yeah. And that's the only way that it'll let you restart a game from that point. You have to accept the deal. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And then you you could do a pacifist ending like normal, but then at the very end, there'll be a scene where he brandishes a knife with a glowing eye. And then it shows a picture with, um, all like, the it's characters. a fucked up version
2: of the normal picture you get.
0: Yeah, yeah, all the characters across that implying that he's killed everyone. And on on PC, anyway, once you hit the genocide ending, you basically have to delete your save file.
2: You have to do some extra stuff, because it actually has, like... It, it stores files separate from the save file for that flag. It's oh. actually kind of a pain to get rid of.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's the whole story of the game in a nutshell. Um, I... <laughs> I would recommend just doing the pacifist ending and letting everybody everybody have their happy ending because the genocide one isn't even worth it. And that's sort of intentional.
2: I remember... Uh, I guess this will be part of transitioning into this roundtable part, but I remember fl- playing the game when it was new and seeing impressions of it, where I saw observations like, why don't they treat me killing things like it's uh, like it's a valid route? I think the game would be better. And it's like, that's not, that it's thematically against its entire purpose.
0: Yeah, that wasn't the point. The point is to subvert <laughs> all the tropes.
2: The, the point was basically just that, like, there's the... the <laughs> There's a reason that you shouldn't be killing these things, and that you wouldn't be justified in doing it, no matter why you thought you were doing it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, um,
2: like the the genocide route is also just. Sorry, I'll I'll conclude and then. Sorry, I didn't no, mean to over. Talk uh, well, over I bit. didn't
0: know. I didn't know if I should summarize Delta Rune's story or not. It it's a two hour game, but it has quite. I, I typed it up before the show and it has quite the complicated story for just a two hour game. Oh yeah. Um, okay very briefly so it has a lot of the same characters but it's not the same universe at all you're in kind of a normal quote quote unquote normal setting but it's the monster characters like as cops and mayors and toriel is your mother you're playing a character basically like the um, androgynous character from the original game and um it's kind of like you're living the, the life that they would have had if they would have been still above ground and had their happy life because Asriel is your brother but he's off to college <clears throat> you go to school and the your teacher is Miss Alphys and she, she gives you an assignment to go f- where you have to go find a partner and everyone is taken but then that's when Susie enters the room and Susie is a very mean purple dinosaur and when she, um, Alphys said. Tells you that you need to go to the supply closet to get some chalk so that they can start the lesson, and you and Susie have to go together. And you walk out in the hall, and Susie's is eating the chalk, and sees you seeing her eating the chalk, and basically throws you up against the locker and threatens to bite your face off. But it's she, she's behavior. very she is literally all bark and no bite, and you'll find you'll find this out later. Um, you go into the supply closet. You fall into the underworld as you do. Um, both you and Susie, you and Susie look different in the underworld. Um, Susie looks uh, is wearing normal clothes in the real world, but in the underworld, she's very kind, kind of dressed very heavy metal, wearing bracers and stuff. And you're you're dressed in armor. And you meet a cloaked figure that says that you two are the heroes of the light world. And this cloaked figure um, reveals himself to be Ralsei. His his name is Ralsei, and he looks like a black goat wearing a mage hat and a robe. And he says that that you and Susie are part of a prophecy that two people from the light world and one purple person from the dark world will come in and save the underworld and that's when this uh this other character comes in and his na- his name is lancer and he's the prince of the king in the world that's basically trying to take over the world or er, usurped all the other kings in this underworld and is now the tyrant king and sends his son lancer who's kind of a comedian down to kill the two light world to basically kill the heroes in the prophecy. Am I making sense so far?
3: Is this supposed to?
0: <laughs> what?
3: I, I said, is this supposed to make sense? Or is it a? I a mean, convoluted? as it's,
0: it, it's It's supposed to be a very simple story. Which is why I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if I was explaining it good. Um, so you're going through the underworld. You, Susie leaves you because she's a jerk. And then joins you because she's too stupid to do the puzzles in the underworld. Uh, but she joins you very begrudgingly, and you can't control her in battle. And just like in Undertale, you're supposed to spare monsters, but you can't control this psychotic dinosaur, so you have to warn monsters about about her attacks. Um, eventually, who's whose personality is very cute and innocent, and he's he tells you that in, in this world, you don't have to kill anything. You can spare things, or, or I can um, make them go to sleep so that you don't have to fight them. Very, very cute and innocent. And eventually he says, you know, Susie, you're a pretty crappy hero. And Susie goes, you know, you're right. I am a pretty crappy hero. I'm going to go be a bad guy and joins up with Lancer.
2: That's one way to solve your problems.
0: Yeah. And her her and Lancer end up becoming like best friends and they kind of annoy the crap out of you for like a good chunk of the game. And they become such good friends that Lancer realized, like, oh, yeah, my dad told me to kill these light rollers, but I don't want to kill these light rollers. So I'm going to throw them in prison and I'm going to keep them in prison forever so that they won't be a problem. I won't make my dad upset. It's all going to be good. Well, you- Susie breaks out of her chains because she's super strong, but once again, she's too stupid to do the puzzles. But she tries to leave you in jail and then see, sees Lancer and Lancer's like, I, I got to kill you for my dad, but I don't want to. And Susie's trying to act all tough and you're fighting Lancer in the fight, or like in an actual battle, and you're just beating the crap out of Lancer and if eventually Lancer's attacks won't even try to hit you. And that's when Susie kind of realizes that Lancer is, his fir- is her first friend that she's ever had. And... <clears throat> that's when she goes back and saves you from the jail and it's like you know if, if you want to let control me in battle you can now and at that point you can control her her in battle but you've literally got like 15 minutes left in the game at that point <laughs> so you go up the castle you find Lancer's dad Lancer's dad the king chews him out for not killing the light worlders like he said Um, you get in a boss fight with the dad, and eventually you kind of wear him down. And that's when he's kind of like, oh, I've changed my ways. I don't want to fight anymore. Hey, I'm really hurt. Can you heal me? And Rolse heals him. And then he tries to kill you again. And depending on how you played, um, the scene plays out differently. If you did pacifist, when the king tries to kill you the um entire kingdom kind of rallies up and comes and saves you from the king led by lancer and lancer ends up becoming the king at the end and you get to t- talk to everybody and say goodbye if you killed everybody then nobody comes to save you but when the king tries to kill you ross say puts him to sleep at the last
1: minute i
0: didn't I didn't know this when I was playing it yesterday. I thought that it played out no matter what, but then looking on YouTube, like, no, apparently there was two two different end, quote-unquote endings. So you're, the entrance to the light world is there, and you go to go back home, but before um, that happens, Ralsei takes off his hat, and, oh my god, it was Azreel the whole time, even though Azreel or Ralsei is an anagram of Azreel and...
1: Ah, <gasps> <laughs> uh, do you get it?
0: Yeah. And it was clearly... I think I'm that,
1: starting to get it.
0: Yeah, it, it was clearly that character, just dark. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it, it still, I saw it coming, but it still kind of made me smile when I played it the first time. Hmm. So, you go back to the light world, and kind of the real treat of this game is that you can run around in the light world and it's a pretty big town and you can talk to all of the Undertale characters in, in the town. You pretty Almost everybody is there. Um, I think the one that you don't really... Well, Metaton is in a house and you just talk to him through a door but he doesn't show up and Papyrus doesn't show up but everybody else is there and there's kind of like hints that they are who they are but not really
2: I'm sure it'll be something very strange in meta when the rest of the game finally
0: happens. Yeah, so once you're done, you go to bed, or you go back to your house, your mom tells you that she makes you, your Toriel tells you that she makes you some pie, but um, you should go to bed. And then you go to bed, and you you wake up, and the character is being controlled, is like clearly it gets up but is clearly being controlled by something and then rips out his heart throws it in a bird cage and then brandishes a knife and has a red eye kind of just like the ending of the original undertale and then that's when it says chapter one the end and if you played it like me you're like oh no why you gotta tease me like this toby
2: and the answer is the first hit is free um yeah yeah
0: but that that being said it really was nice at the end to be able to talk to all the undertale characters that's really kind of the reward of that whole experience mm. and the game the game Delta Rune is free you can de- it's on the eShop for free you can literally play the game in two hours it uh, they say that you need to have played undertale first you really don't have to but you're not gonna get a lot of the jokes
2: it's more just the It doesn't really hold much interest if you haven't played Undertale.
0: And they, they also do, you know, Toby being the troll that he is, there's also some interesting subversions there because at the beginning of the game, it has you make a character like there's a the heart and there's like this this ve- this soul needs a vessel so make a head for this vessel and you go through the whole character creation process and naming it and everything and then they say what a beautiful vessel you've made it's now it's time for us to throw it away because at the end of the day you have no choice in this game so beautiful troll at the beginning of the game it, it kind of sets up your expectation and <clears throat> they kind of do a similar troll later in the game where Susie and Lancer want you to make a boss to fight, and there's like stuff with guns and lasers and stuff, and then there's also an option to make the boss a duck. But the, the exact same thing happens where you think that you're going to fight this boss, and the joke is that you made this duck and made this lame boss. But they said we're th- we're throwing this boss out anyway because you made it lame.
2: That's very rude. <laughs>
0: So, so yeah and uh i mean that this story is good in undertale but i think what makes it so charming for me anyway is all of the just dumb subversion jokes like that and and i say dumb like not in a not in a mean way but more just like in a oh haha that's so clever yet i feel so dumb for falling for that kind of jokes
2: It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a very, if we want to get into, like, our opinions about Undertale at this stage. Yeah. uh, Yeah,
0: so hopefully I haven't bored the crap out of you guys on the show or you guys, the audience, by doing the summary. But you're, like, kind of going to remember the game.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and leave. This was informative. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so I just fu- Thanks I just for joining us, Pascal. A- yeah. I just fulfilled what a YouTube video could have done.
1: Listen, this is much more convenient than sitting and watching a video. because so um, so You can just listen. You can just put and- this on as a commentary track while you play Delta Runes. It has about the same length <laughs> as the game, probably. Uh,
0: yeah. but- I don't think I th- I'm that articulate for um, a commentary track. But regardless... I've summarized the game and kind of what you're in for just for, you know, for people that need their memory jogged and we're going to take, have a short musical intro and when we come back, we're going to kind of have a little round table with our thoughts and feelings about the game. So stick around. welcome back so Undertale means a lot to some of us on the podcast not so much others but I, I thought we're, <laughs> we're, we're all gonna we're all gonna have our own personal stuff with this game so I thought why, why don't we uh, instead of gonna you know, go through the characters and gameplay and music and all that why don't we talk about what each thing means to us so we're gonna have a little round table I'm gonna just kind of go around and each question you guys will give your answers. I've, I've already populated them in this sheet that the audience can't see, but it's just going to kind of give us a chance to, you know, put our own personal touch on the show. And I want to try this because, yeah, why, why not? Worth a shot. So, for the first question, what what was your favorite moment slash funniest moment from the game? And we'll do Pascal first since he remembers the least.
1: Left <laughs> blank intentionally. <laughs> what the hell? Are you, are you serious? Okay. I'm um, I mean, serious. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, you said it was. And right there,
3: that pause is what Pascal remembers from the game.
0: (laughs) You you said it was med, but did did anything make you laugh?
3: Hmm. (laughs) I've got your review open right here. Let's see.
1: Yes, no, I do too. But (laughs) 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 nobody, uh, there's nobody better to remind me of what I think than my my own review. Um, Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there were moments that were. Kind of okay, so the problem is I, I you know I don't really know exactly what the problem is, but I have some suspicions of what might be involved. Number one, I do think that I played the game like I know I'm destroying your whole roundtable thing now, but um like i I played it I approached it like a normal RPG, right and it's kind of how I played it and big mistake mm-hmm. and even and I played it um, so it was originally reviewed by uh, by Zach. I reviewed it when it uh, came to uh, PS4. So I was a couple of years old by then already, but I believe I went in pretty blind. So I I wasn't even aware that, like, you should kill nothing or you should kill everything or you know nothing like i mean i i guess I, I just assumed like yep this is just your normal rpg like i you know apparently it's popular it must be good and, um, and you
0: know that's that's funny to me because every review i've ever heard of it that went in wanting to play for play it like a normal rpg they kind of felt the same way they're like well what's what's this stuff i just want to go in and beat up monsters and yeah. I think that's a perfectly valid valid opinion of the game because yeah, if you play an RPG, that's what you're into an RPG for. You want to go beat shit up. That's why. I, that's why I love RPGs. I love going and beating shit up. But and I understand, you know, wanting to kind of make a game that subverts those tropes because I've I've dreamed up of you know anti-rpgs before and i i imagine that you know stuff like that just isn't going to be for anybody it, it's it's a comedy game for people that love rpgs but odd uh, i don't know where i was going with that yeah I, and well, I get i completely get where you're coming from is where i'm
1: going with and that. that's kind of the second thing i think is that um i don't think that subversion and um breaking tropes is really that big of a thing for me mm-hmm I don't know. I I didn't know this about myself, but I'm learning these. You know, these last like couple of years in like cinema history, for example, I'm learning uh, when my expectations are are subverted. It's not something that I uh, that I enjoy that much. Like I apparently I like my tropes. And,
0: and, and tropes are perfectly fine. I mean, we like them for a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why they show up everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um. So. The, a conversation I had um, on Discord uh, about the time I reviewed the game, or maybe it was right after. Um, and I think it was, with, I think it was with uh, Max Storm, our editor at the time. Um, I kind of summed up the game with, "Yeah, I don't get it." That was just pretty much it. I just, just kind of don't.
0: Your favorite memory from the game, not getting it.
1: Yeah, I, I vaguely remember uh, some of the things you get you were talking about. So, and I do think I, you know, I probably chuckled at like. The game show—I I remember that somewhat uh, near the end, I guess—or well, <laughs> not really the end <laughs> for me. It was <laughs> so. Yeah. There's the next problem, but yeah, um, the whole thing of like uh, going on a quote-unquote date with um, Papyrus, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Papyrus was. Yeah, it was humorous. So there you go. That's I'll I'll throw it to that. That's my uh, and, my big winner.
0: And hey, what a transition! Because D- David. <laughs>
1: i just have the
2: i just wrote down the words two words jog boy i can't remember what precise context papyrus wears that shirt in it's the date okay it is the date i think he changes shirts a few times because i was trying to look up the date and i kept seeing him in like cool boy shirt yeah as well but yeah because
0: i remember the neat i think it was neat dude hat
2: yeah he definitely has some hats as well Uh, I guess if we're going to quickly shoot out some general overall opinions, I think Undertale is a game that is uh, generally best approached without expectation, which is difficult to do, especially now that it also is an internet phenomenon, and uh, that makes it hard to not have some opinion or idea of what it is before you play it. Uh, I think it's a really cute, unassuming game and the more you have an idea of what it is, the worse off you'll be. And that can apparently include uh, having an idea that you're just playing uh, a more normal RPG, which can set the wrong expectations as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I think that it's also uh, some of the other avowed influences on its design uh, are useful context for the kind of mood that the game is trying to set, uh, and also games that tend to be To develop either extremely extraordinarily devoted fandoms, or or to which people will say that was weird and then leave, Mm -hmm. Uh, because its most its most obviously avowed influences, according to Toby Fox himself, are Earthbound, the premise of. Uh, of uh, uh, Moon Remix RPG Adventure and Toho, all three of which inspire intense, devoted, obsessive fandom, all three of which are extremely quirky and low-key when actually interacted with mm-hmm. and all three of which have produced a great deal of fawning and devoted fan work
1: mm-hmm. yeah and... isn't isn't moon remix kind of like the room of video games
2: no 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 room moon moon is uh, moon is reverse dragon quest Moon is a game where you go around trying to put back together all the monsters that the hero is running around sociopathically killing. So
1: No, I mean like it's isn't I I thought it was the so bad it's good kind of game. No, no,
2: it's not. When people like it, they do tend to like it in spite of its mechanics, but not in a so bad it's good way.
0: Are, are you sure you're not confusing it with the very shitty Eight-bit game that came out on the Switch recently that was. Oshio
1: Midohito.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This is possible because there was there was a recent release of yeah. I thought maybe that's what it was.
2: There was a recent release of Moon, and there was a recent release of Oshio Midohito. Recommended not to confuse them, but.
3: I I I think the titles might be a little bit different there. Uh,
2: they're they're more similar if you just translate the Japanese, which is just like stargazers.
1: Okay,
0: and um. I've, I have been meaning to That's what to I did. Play.
1: I translated the Japanese in, in my head. Good work. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> that was your mistake.
0: Uh, yeah, I have been meaning to want to play Moon um, just to you know see where the influence comes from, but I've also heard that that's a very obtuse game to get into, even for RPG standards.
2: It's, it's, it's extraordinarily obtuse. It's not really an RPG. It's an adventure game. Okay. Uh, but the other thing to say about it is that... Uh, by by Toby Fox's own admission, he couldn't play Moon because it was only in Japanese, so it was more the ideas of Moon that influenced him rather than the aspect of playing it. Yeah. Hmm. But they definitely share a sense of... Like, I I would not say that Undertale does any subversion without purpose, and I would not say that it's even really calling you out for playing an RPG like an RPG, but it is very much built around the idea of playing an RPG, playing a non-RPG, interacting with anything like you would an RPG in any other context is going to produce behavior that is uh, bad for everyone. Mm -hmm. And like, that's part of the joke, but it's also, I, I think that the thing that makes People love the game. It's just the very endearing and quirky, like, writing and characters, which is very much in line with the other great avowed influence of Earthbound. But, yes, uh, to avoid derailing further, yeah, uh, the the papyrus date is kind of that in a nutshell because it's, like, there's very little actual gameplay to it. You're mostly just watching a very amusing uh, set of animations to go along with a very... Uh, cute set of dialogue that's very, uh, that's full of like strange uh, jokes and, you know, comedy is going to hit everyone a little differently but uh, if it resonates with you it's hard not to look back fondly on the characters and world a lot.
0: Yep, nope, I, I agree with that. Um, Matt, did you have any favorite moments? I did.
3: I did. So it was right near the beginning of the game. Can't you like go into a room and there's like a jar there and you can either get coins or put coins in or something and you get a trophy for it?
0: Yeah. So that's in the PSN version of the game. That was the first console port. That was yeah. an up-
2: update to the game. I don't think that's in the PC version at all.
0: Yeah. And okay. that, I played an, it on the Vita. Yeah. So, yeah, you would have run into that room. Said so once again, Toby Fox is a master troll because, you know, PSN, he had to put trophies in. I thought, okay, well, I'm certainly going to platinum this game. And then I realized that all you have to do to platinum the game is put coins in this box. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're putting coins in one at a time. <laughs> at a time. Um, after a while, the coin, you can kind of unlock stuff that's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like dumb stuff in the room, like a, a yeah, giant inflatable they're... dog.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I was just
3: reading about this earlier. Like, I know I remember this. I like vividly recall. Cause I did it like four or five, six times in a row. And like, I even got like a silver trophy and it just kept giving me trophies for a while. And I'm like, what's yeah. the
0: heck's right, going so how on? How many of like, you
1: did it? How many of you actually did the platinum for that? I did it. Right. I, I, had I, I haven't played a the console versions. I did it.
0: I did it. I, and um,
1: it's my I, what the fuck moment. Yeah,
0: <laughs> one.
1: You're getting ahead of the show here. Yeah, I know.
0: No, it's. It, I, I wanted to bring up the bonus room because it's it's in all the console versions. And I wanted to talk about it, but yeah the the trolley bit of that is you know the stuff you unlock and the thing that really cracked me up that was like toby you are a devil in disguise was when you unlock the cd player and you go to talk to it and the more you talk to it the faster and faster the cd gets and you can't unstop it and the music that it plays is really freaking annoying and then i think you eventually break it so you're in this room for another hour putting in coins with this broken cd player having to listen to this music
3: and, yeah, so the trophies that you get are, uh, what is it? They were called, like, or get and, like, they're ridiculously named, too. Yeah, um, I can need to. obviously you. tell yeah. that he wasn't. So the trophies, um, it was like, don't worry. I have lots of ideas for trophies <laughs> oh, this one. once you get an item. And like, I got a second one. It was like, ooh, like getting items. That was my second trophy. Um, or getting more items. That was the next trophy. Um, help me. I'm out of ideas. That was the next trophy. <laughs> and <laughs> other than, I mean. After that, you go into ones called Ruins, Mouse, Exodus, Mana, Midpoint, Rain, Final Stretch, Final Stretch Two, Final Stretch Three, and don't you have anything better to do? Was your uh, Platinum?
2: It's the like every every re-release of Undertale will add at least one new intentionally, and almost spitefully superfluous new feature. So, uh, in case anyone has missed out on the wonderful trailer that was put out for the Xbox version last month, uh, everyone should go and look at that because it's ridiculous, and it also showcases that that version added in a slot machine for some reason, which uh, also (laughs) boosted the game's rating up to teen because it's got simulated gambling now.
0: (laughs) Even though... I. I have only watched YouTube videos and just passively watched them, so I didn't even see how it worked. But I imagine the slot machine is pretty trolly too. Oh,
2: I'm sure. But... <laughs> it gotta be. But, it's like, but, but uh, Sans
0: is in there, and he gives... I think you unlock items just like you did with the dog shrine, and he gives comments about all of the items.
2: Yeah, if you just want more dialogue, it's there. Yeah. But uh, I, I do want to bring up the my favorite of those, like toby fox makes a joke about not having an idea is probably the physical release of undertale which i don't know if all versions had this but at least some versions had a reversible cover so the regular cover was this was the very stark like just a black background with the undertale logo on it but the reversible cover was just that but in parentheses next to it is just the word still
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I need to look cuz my Vita version I I bought the Vita um mm-hmm. collector's edition and I don't know if it had that or not and I need to go see but it's buried in a closet at the moment.
2: Yeah. But yeah, which... I don't know what versions have that but at least I know at least one version has the still Undertale. So,
0: which version do you have?
2: Oh, uh this is this is something I looked up. I have not purchased a oh, physical okay. version. I bought the PC okay. version. Right when it came out, uh, because a friend of mine uh, pointed the demo at me, like, a month before the game came out. Mm -hmm.
0: So, one last thing and then we'll move on, but the Switch version, um, Mm am I the only person that's played the Switch version?
2: Uh, I think you're the only one here.
0: Okay, so in that one, the bonus room, um, all the Dog Shrine stuff is just kind of decrepit, and there is a door with Joy-Cons on it. And uh, you can't go, go to this door, or you can't go through the door until the second playthrough. And when you go through the door, I think you have to, like, press one thumbstick up and one thumbstick down t- in order to open the door. And when you get in there, the bonus there's a bonus boss fight, and the bonus boss fight is um, the anime girl. I forget her name, Kitty Tokyo Mew Miu. Miu. Or Kitty Mew Mew. It's the anime girl that Alphys is obsessed with.
2: Yeah. I feel like it couldn't actually be Tokyo Mew Mew because I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted. Oh, that's but... an
0: act that's an actual anime. Uh, hang on but... switch under Shifts up beforehand. I'm being very unprofessional. That's fine, fine. Um, her, her name is Mad Mew Mew. That makes sense. And her boss fight is, you know, you're, I think, let's see. Yeah, you have to um, move both analog sticks apart from each other, and then you talk to the Mew Mew doll. And her boss fight, um, you're using both sticks to dodge her attacks. So, I mean, trolly or not it's kind of ingenious that he implemented the um switch joysticks into that yeah it was
2: definitely not like i mean there's there's trolls going on here but at the same time like it is actually like a new fight for people who bought the game again so yeah
0: really cool i think that that's kind of i appreciate that every single version of the game has a different version of that room but arguably the dog shrine was the best version just because of those jokes. And talking about my funniest moment from the game was when Metaton parodied the Final Fantasy VI opera scene.
2: That's a, there's another joke with that that actually couldn't be replicated on the console versions.
0: Um, what was that?
2: Oh, it's that when you if the border of the window that normally gives like the title of the program, like <laughs> the program's like identifier in Windows, when you uh when you're in that section it changes from Undertale to Undertale Colin the musical.
0: Oh. I, I played full <laughs> screen, so I completely missed that joke.
2: Yeah, it's a very it's a very odd joke, but it is there.
0: <laughs> but I you know, I the opera scene in Final Fantasy Six is my favorite scene in a video game of all time. I cry like a bitch every time I play that damn game and get to that scene. And the yep. way he paired it. Humming
1: the song the music yeah. for the next two days in my head
0: yeah. and i'm already he doing it right did, now you know he, he did the same movements the song was kind of the same had that same cadence but the lyrics are all i'm gonna kill you you're gonna die 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 and i just cracked up i i laughed so hard it, it was just genius Um, and there's so many funny moments in the game and it was really hard to pin one down but that one just got me in my nostalgia feels Uh, going kind of opposite I think Pascal you already said yours um, what was your most WTF moment
1: from the game? yes it's it's just because I didn't like getting trolled (laughs) but sure enough like a sucker I'm I'm getting the trophy for it yeah you got me (sighs) (laughs) you say you do or you don't
2: don't (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you're supposed the dog that's, shrine.
1: <laughs> that's the the price that um I think it was uh, did I had, had I finished the game already I don't know it maybe I don't remember but I was like damn it I'm I'm getting this like I'm I'm gonna um you know I'm gonna say at least I did like that little the last little piece of content and just click the button over and over and over again <laughs> I can appreciate it for its you know, trolliness for sure so
2: there's so many things where like the game tries to convince players not to do something by virtue of making it ridiculously tedious and then every player takes that as a challenge and does it anyway
0: (laughs) yep um david what was your wtf
2: kind of just the entire lab segment that you got in the pacifist ending because it's just like it, it really is like a intentional but complete tonal whiplash into uh rpg maker creepypasta town and it, it kind of works because yeah. like it actually is serving a purpose within the narrative and world but it's still one of those things where it's like it's definitely built to be a section that completely uh goes against how like every tone that the game had set to that point and like there's only a few th- like the only thing that even kind of vaguely emulates the mood that it's trying to set it's like the gaster stuff that basically no one's ever gonna find so
0: oh yeah i i put in a brief note about dr gaster and the plot that i kind of skipped over but that's like a whole other part of the undertale iceberg that there's like you you put Doctor Gaster in YouTube and you will get pages and pages and pages of conspiracy theories and just.
2: He was yeah. built to engender that. Like that was just playing on what Toby Fox clearly knows about how the internet works.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, which I'm not going to get into that. I promise to make it a not long show, but that that's a rabbit hole for sure, and it's it's amusing. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt, did you have a WTF?
3: Yeah, the battle system. Like I really went into this completely blind. Like Pascal mentioned it too. Kind of just had no clue what I was getting into. Um, You know. And again, skipping ahead to you know when we talk about our memories. Basically, I was recommended this game by a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old who had who absolutely loved it. And the only other game I knew he had played was Pokemon. So he's like, Mister Amazing, you got to play this. You got to do this. You got to play this game. Um, it's awesome. And I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of like glanced over his shoulder one day as he had played it during a class party. And I don't know what I, I can't remember. Cause it surely wasn't a bullet hell kind of stuff. Um, so I picked it up for, you know, a couple dollars on a Vita sale as one does or back when Vitas had sales <laughs> and <laughs> back when you could find games for the Vita on the PSN store without uh you know doing everything but i picked it up for a few bucks and was like ah, sure i'll give it a try and this kid kept pestering me all summer long and finally i was like all right i'm just gonna play it let's go ahead (laughs) and yeah within (laughs) very quickly i was like what the hell have i gotten into here what what the (laughs) f is and then like there's bullet hell crap i'm like what this is not what i asked for i thought i was playing like pokemon a different game (laughs) so yes that battle system was out of the blue out of the complete blue i had ignored everything about this game never given a single click to an article about it never heard about it on a podcast nothing don't know how i did that for three years but yep completely caught off guard by that
2: kind of impressed actually
3: yeah, as, as uh, kn-
0: crazy as the internet was over this game.
3: So I joined RP Gamer probably a month after doing this, and I think the only podcast I listened to back then was this podcast. Listen to Phil. So I was only listening about really old games. <laughs> now I listen okay. to Q and A Quest all the time and RPG Cast.
1: How come you? Uh, how come you didn't read my review? Because it
3: was for the PS4, <laughs> duh. I was playing on oh Vita. My. It's a totally different experience.
1: I, I just wanted Unrelated to see what excuse you had
2: the
1: <laughs> I wanted to hear your excuse but uh, I'll allow it
3: All right. I dodged that one quite enough
1: <laughs> there was an uncomfortable silence there for a second though.
3: but I'll edit that uncomfortable silence right yeah. out <laughs> you're going to edit the whole question out,
2: conversation
3: out. Yep. I'm, I'm going to have to edit out his mention of the uncomfortable silence
0: <laughs> yeah, I can move a son and save you go ahead uh, my wtf moment was when the game crashes on the pc version when you get to Flowey at the end
2: that was fun to see the first time
0: i i i was like legit oh my god what the hell happened and then you open it back up and it just starts glitching out and going crazy and it thinks that you deleted your save file i i love games that break the fourth wall like that and that was like oh my god you got me game and i'm I might have said this before, but I'm very disappointed that it that, that experience couldn't be replicated on any of the consoles. And it's probably because there's rules about crashing games intentionally or making it intentionally go to the home screen.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: But still, what, what a twist! How freaking... I'm blanking on the GameCube game that did that stuff.
1: Eternal Darkness and yes. Requiem.
0: Yes, how Eternal Darkness of if if Toby to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah you might enjoy um a game called One Shot.
0: oh, I've played that, yeah. and I loved it for the same reason um I also need the moment to play... where
1: where it puts the the solution to a puzzle on like on your desktop background mm-hmm. and you have to like minimize the game to see it, and it gives you like a subtle hint to i forget what the hint is but it it gives you a hint to you know um I think it says something like look around the real world or i I can't remember um
0: yeah. <laughs> When I told my husband about that game, he thought that I was, like, playing a virus or something because yeah. of the way it messed with your system.
1: At one point, it addresses you by name, despite the fact that you never type your name into the game. I don't know where it pulls it from, from your, like, I guess I guess it's maybe from your Steam account. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, the original RPG Maker version of that game, it was called One Shot because you can only play it through one time. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, wait. Meaning what? How did how did they accomplish that?
0: I it's, it's something to do with the system registry or something. If you tried to boot it up again after finish finishing it the one time, then uh, you couldn't. And mm-hmm. if you, you know how you save in bed with that game, um, apparently if you. If it, like, crashed or if you accidentally closed the window, it would ruin your game too. So I'm kind of glad that they made that more customer-friendly in the Steam version because I can't imagine that people would be happy about that in the Steam Yeah,
1: version. now you just have to, what, delete your game file, I think, from, the from like, yeah. the Steam folder or something.
0: Yeah, but one-shot side so note, very good game, very fourth-wall breaky. I've also heard that Doki Doki Literature Club is the same way
2: it's definitely pulling some of the same things
0: yes i i love that's, that stuff i can't get enough of it
2: that's a visual novel it's yeah. a dating sim parody but uh, <laughs> i i admit uh it's uh, like go into it if you want like horror
0: yeah i heard that they had to horror put a note. question mark uh, I I heard that they had to put a note on the Steam page to be like, hey, just so you know, this is a horror game. Cause people a bunch got of content ups-
2: warnings apply here.
0: I, I think people got upset that they were duped, but still.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's just like, I, I say go into it if you want horror, because it's not actually saying anything interesting about Dating sims.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of think I would. Like, I don't get a lot of horror, so. Yeah. Well, then, oh, then. Is, is this an endorsement?
2: Uh, not precisely. Because, oh, again, okay. I, I know people who are fans of it. I have not played Doki Doki Literature Club. I was just made aware of everything in it by internet, bitter old uncle internet. Uh, but it's one of those things, again, like uh, it's, it's a horror game and think, approach it with that mindset.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, moving on to the round table. Um, favorite characters? Because that's. It's, I think that's the strongest point of this game is the characters.
2: Yeah, I think Pascal's and mine are left blank for very different reasons.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: yeah. I, see, I see where you're going with this. Because <laughs> I'm going to
2: guess I'm, you can't think of which one would be your favorite because you don't care that much.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in this, in a way, it's probably the same reason. But because you probably, like, I can't choose one, and neither can you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't choose one because I like all of them. So it's you like, can't well, choose
1: just one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's one of those things, like, well, I like a lot of them, and, like, I don't want to just say, like, oh, because, like, the most development goes to all the bosses, like, Sans and Papyrus and such, but then you get, like, really weird left field characters, like, uh, I was thinking about, like, my favorite, like, random encounter character and realized that it's a guy who shows up in, like, the sort of waterfall area, I think, uh, one of the random encounter enemies is just called Jerry,
0: Oh yeah, and he—the joke is that he's kind of the jerk.
2: He, he just sucks. He sucks. Everyone hates him. All the other monsters despise. Like clearly, just want to be away from him. So mm-hmm. instead of sparing him, you have to like choose to ditch him. Like, you just wait for an opportunity where he's not paying attention because he's just kind of being a dick and leave. <laughs> and that joke just lands incredibly hard for me. Uh, because I, like, if... oh god.
0: Yeah. No, don't get. I don't quote me on this. I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that's the only character you can kill in a pacifist run and it not count against you. That's an old
2: (laughs) internet joke, but it is not actually the case. Okay. You're not allowed to kill Jerry. Okay. Uh, When you look at what Jerry does, like, so every enemy in the game, and part of what makes it so charming is every enemy in the game has different actions that it will take during battle instead of just like, oh, it's attacking you. It's like it's doing something weird. And for Jerry, it's like, it does, He doesn't even attack you. He just it, like the narration just makes it clear he's being generally irritating. Mm-hmm. Like he's, it's just like he's like, uh, like pawing around with dust all over his fingers. Or Jerry sneezes without covering his mouth. <laughs>
0: Jerry asked for a ride home. I remember that one.
2: Oh, yeah. No, like, if you're alone (laughs) with him, like, if you spare the other enemies and you're alone with him, it just, his only piece of dialogue is, uh, hey, can I get a ride home? (laughs) (laughs) But he just exudes such archetypal, like, dirtbag characteristics that I find incredibly amusing. (laughs) And there's there's a lot of those odd characters that I like, or like, uh, I'll just bring up one other that is a bit more iconic. But uh, the Greater Dog, which is just a dog head oh. poking out of poking out of a giant set of knight's armor.
0: The, the one that the more you uh, pet, pet it, it for, the more its, it's head next...
2: extends. Yes, <laughs> and it's just like it it extends off the the top of the screen, and then it like slowly extends down <laughs> back into the screen. It it's a very strange image, but it's very amusing, and like the more, more than anything, like it's those kinds of interactions that stick yeah. with
0: you. Yeah, well, yeah, because you find something like that in the game, and you're like, how far can I take this? Like another example like that is the hot dogs on uh, Frisk's head or the main character's oh, head.
2: Yeah. Oh, you can buy. dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. That does remind me of one other joke that I think is very good and very easy to miss is that most of the healing, a lot of the joke healing items, because the game has a ton of items that are like functionally fairly similar. They're just different healing items. Mm -hmm. Uh, But many of them have different narrations for how your character consumes them, depending upon the dramaticness of the battle you're in. (laughs) So you'll get things like instant noodles, where if you're in a normal battle, you'll get, like, this insane, uh, description of how, like, you just pop them out and just jam them in your mouth and crunch them. But if you're in, like, a more dramatic battle, it'll give, like, a description of, like, you, like, uh... You hit the uh, container in such a way that they, like, flew up into the air and were, like, cooked instantly and just went straight down your mouth. (laughs) It's just very strange. It's, again, very emblematic of what is funny about
1: this.
0: Um, If if you eat the pie from the very beginning of the game in Asgore's fight, he kind of has a reaction that's unique.
1: I'm oh these, yeah, like, yeah, that is true. <clears throat> I'm getting an overwhelming feeling that both of you, as soon as we're done recording, are gonna run off to play this for the seventh time. <laughs> and Matt and I are both like oh uh,
0: you know, I haven't bought the Xbox version yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna there I'm gonna right, love you, Pascal something that might mildly surprise you i have only played through this game once right when it came out and i felt that i got exactly what i wanted out of it and wanted not to taint that experience i got exactly what i wanted and i have never since played it
0: (laughs) i i played the pc version and because i messed up my save file uh tried to do the genocide run i felt really bad and bought the ps4 yeah the psn version like day one but got the cross save and everything, and pre ordered a physical version because I was that crazy, and that's where I got my perfect ending. And then, when they announced the Switch version, I said very sarcastically on Switch and was like, Well, I guess I'm buying Undertale again. And Power Lord on Twitter was like, You sound um, angry. I'm like, No, I was actually joking, but yeah. <laughs>
2: It's one of those things like I don't like I, I, I don't know who you thought you were playing a joke on because it was definitely you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm only kidding about the Xbox version because the Xbox belongs to my husband so
2: so clearly he has to play it um, <laughs> uh,
0: he he played it once, he thought it was fine, but he he's like Matt and Pascal that doesn't really get the hype.
2: That's fair. I really do think that a lot of my love has to do with the fact that it was not hyped up for me in any fashion, which allowed me to approach it more on its own terms
0: um he though no, he does like some of the fan works like he's got um fan songs on his uh playlist and megalovania um to which i say that my just kind of moving on minor transition there my favorite characters were Sans and Metaton.
2: As, as it's not at all surprising based on the yeah. statements you've made uh
0: and i, I accidentally skipped over you matt Who was your favorite?
3: Sans, because uh, for about 20 years, every single document, email, anything I've done at work as an elementary school teacher uh, has been sent in the font comic (laughs) Sans. I
0: I love that. I love that joke that that happened at the beginning of this game's release. It's like, this game made us love the two most hated fonts.
1: (laughs) I'm also going to go ahead and um, take credit a little bit, because... Um I will say it's probably partly due to my um characterization of Sans during the skit earlier. <laughs> so thank it c- you for... it
3: could have been. I mean, you know, there's no better character for Pascal to have played than <laughs> that.
1: Because I I do remember the um the uh the Google Doc had different answers, but after we did the skits Sans just showed up on everybody's favorite character list. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and pick too.
3: I'm gonna roll that back. Where is it? Where can I look at late?
1: Oh, I remember you edited it out again. (laughs)
3: Last edit was made two hours ago. Hmm.
0: (laughs) You're being being given way too much power, Matt. um,
1: When Kelly says at the end of the podcast, uh, "Thanks to everybody for being on," Matt Pascal, and then it'll just be like, "What? Who's Pascal?" (laughs) He He was never on this show. (laughs) I'll go ahead and pick. I'll make a pick too. Um, I'll pick uh, Asriel. Am I, is that right?
0: Yeah. A, and kind, just simply kind of the main for main the reason
1: guy. that you did the whole plot summary earlier, and by the time you got to the um, reveal that in Delta Rune that's who it is, I already didn't remember who Azrael was again.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it's Sorry funny because the, the title of the show, Hug the Goat, is also a reference to Azrael because on AGDQ, um, that's what the audience chants at the end um, they're, you know, they're trying to speed run the game, but they're also wanted to get the the good ending, so they're like hug the goat hug the goat mm-hmm. <laughs> and i, I love i love agdq chants so much i as i still have to stop myself from yelling moon or orb at inappropriate times because of AG, oh, no. agdq but i digress um do we have a favorite song that's not megalovania because i'm sick of hearing it
3: oh there uh, we go that's every transition let me download <laughs> it right
0: now oh you troll
2: i went with no. dogs song
0: no, Dog Song is good. Woof, 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 woof.
2: woof. The, uh, the Xbox trailer has like a weird, like, tough minor key remix of Dog Song, which is uh, worth hearing at least once. But uh, the, I also want to give an honorable mention to a song that's not actually used and is only on the soundtrack as a troll, which is, which is, uh, its official title, I believe, is A Song That Might Play If You Were to Battle Sans, which sounds like a... Pickin Mega Man x song
0: see I, I i'll have to listen to that one again because i don't remember what it sounds like
2: yeah like i said i don't think it actually plays anywhere mm-hmm. it's just it's just on the soundtrack to hide the fact because like megalovania was like sort of toby's signature song and he used it in most of his projects to that point so it was mm-hmm. kind of to hide the fact that it was on there
0: huh, it's funny uh so, so it's like his to 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 song yeah.
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's like the more jamming out version of that because he used it for one of his Earthbound ROM hacks, which people should probably not go back to. He's not proud of that for fair reasons. Um, and it was definitely used in Homestuck as well. So it was just sort of his signature at that point.
0: Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it, I think Megalovania is a banger. It just, it's just—it's one of those meme songs that pops up everywhere now. That it's
2: very overexposed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, because of that, my real favorite song is "Death by Glamour" because that just—it's such a dancing, happy song. I—I <laughs> I was taking a shower and I have a Bluetooth speaker in my bathroom, and my husband was like, "Were you listening to Undertale music in the shower?" I'm like, "Yes, Death by Glamour."
2: There are worse things to be listening to in the shower.
0: <laughs> but but also um. Papyrus's song "Bone Truzy" is my phone's ringtone.
2: Oh yeah, that was that was one of the ones that stuck in my head as well.
0: The only sucky thing is that I associate it with spam calls now because I get so <laughs> many spam calls, and because it's the default, that's all I hear.
2: Well, now I'm just imagining Papyrus calling me to try to sell me like a scam on healthcare.
0: <laughs> Papyrus is calling. He'd like to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs>
2: He doesn't know what an extended warranty is, and he's only vaguely sure what a car is. But
1: <laughs> is that the so, new like troll feature in the Xbox version?
2: Oh, uh, if only. <laughs> like I said, the new troll feature is a game, is a slot machine.
0: Uh, did you two, did Pesco or Matt have a favorite song?
1: I'm just uh, I'm just too far removed from it.
0: Yeah, I, and sorry. That apparently played it on mute. Yep.
3: As I do most video games, I had probably had Netflix going in the background, well, wondering what the F I was playing. Dodging bullets. Yeah,
2: playing it on mute is very much not advice, because for for anyone interested in playing this finally, the soundtrack is definitely one of its better features.
0: Uh, yes. Though, I, I've i heard Take it not
2: for me. <laughs>
0: um. I've Trust heard them people, more than me. I have heard people criticize the soundtrack saying that chiptunes are dated. Yeah.
2: Well, those people are ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't feel like engaging with that opinion further. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and Delta Rune actually kind of got away from a lot of the chip tunes and has sort of more MIDI music, if that makes any sense.
2: I get what you mean. Yeah. I would imagine like Toby Toby Fox has done a lot of different music, so it wouldn't surprise me. if be like I feel like certainly he's he's a person who does many things, but a part of me feels like composer is almost like his primary thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could see after doing undertale, him wanting to move along to a different style so they can, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I put a couple of the, the filter and songs in the sheet for to use I'll check um, transition music, since that's apparently not going to pick it out anytime soon. <laughs>
3: if only you could see my screen right now. <laughs> youtube windows galore
0: oh man
3: they're all just
2: playing at the same time
0: and and then finally just to, sound and then finally just to kind of wrap it up a little bit do we have any outstanding memories like how the game impacted you i know what pascal and matt's answer is
1: it's okay no,
2: Sometimes the answer is
1: no. <laughs> no you don't know i actually have something to say <laughs> But I'll be edited out probably sometime
0: No. <laughs> no, everyone has a voice on RPG Backtrack. It's fine.
1: Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah. So despite the fact that it... So I don't hate the game. So th- let's just... I'm going to make this my apology. How about that? Um, <laughs> I, I don't have anything really negative about the game. Um, it just didn't strike me the way it does, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, the majority of people. And a lot of that is probably my fault, right, for... Uh, like to a degree, because of my expectations and the way that I played it, and the way I failed to play it the way I probably should have. So, um, the way that some, the same way that sometimes um, a game that you really enjoy kind of goes down in your memory over time as not being so favorable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this isn't this isn't like just because you guys were talking it up, right. That kind of helped. But even before that, for like for a while, it's kind of been floating around in my head is like, you know what? I am going to replay that someday because um, like, I would be interested in trying the, the genocide and the pacifist runs. And like, you know, uh, along the way I'll, I'll give it a, like a fresh uh, shot in uh, to make an impression because I, I just really don't remember the the way you guys do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, so my, my, my memory of the game is basically, you know, I'd, I'd like to re-experience it. Like, I'm open to it. Um, and so one day I will. This is, I don't play replay games very often, um, but this one I'm pretty sure I will at some point.
0: You know what's funny, pal, is that for Earthbound, I have I had the exact same opinion that you did about Undertale. And that I... I I tried to play it. It just wasn't for me. I couldn't get into it. I didn't give it what the hype was. And then when I played Earthbound for the backtrack last year about Earthbound and Mother 3, it finally kind of clicked with me. And I kind of went from being a hater to being like, you know what? It's it's not bad. It's not $400 on an SNES cartridge good. But I I enjoy the game. So it's kind of interesting seeing you feel the same way. Uh, wanting to go back and try a game that you were kind of warm on again
1: because it 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 does things and has things that i generally enjoy and the uh, and the combat system actually i think might be one of the bigger draws for me to go back Mm -hmm. it's really strong actually because it's always very unique because of the uniqueness yeah yeah so maybe even more that than like the story just the the challenge and i don't know and you just the overall package yeah um although like after this conversation i'm 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 a little more interested in uh uh, what is it uh doki doki literature club
0: yeah yeah that sounds like that (laughs) that'd be more Uh, for a second there i thought you was gonna say delta rune i was like if you didn't like undertale you weren't gonna like a delta rune if
1: if if undertale hits me positively then the second time around then yeah probably that that too by then maybe it'll be like completed
0: Just know that it's a tease. Uh,
2: I believe it was like four, three, four years between Undertale's demo and its final release, and I would consider uh, Delta Deltarune Chapter 1 to basically be the longer version of Undertale's demo, so it's going to be a while.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, D- David, what were your memories?
2: Uh, I... Like I said, a friend of mine, I can't remember if he had backed the Kickstarter or not, but he brought it to my attention like a couple weeks before the game was about to actually come out. And uh, so I played the demo and thought, oh, that was pretty neat. I didn't expect some of the things that that was doing, but I have a reasonable idea of what this is and I'd be interested in seeing more of it. And so I picked it up when it came out and uh went over to friend's place and we both just sort of uh sat around i played through it he sat around and watched and we had a good time playing it and both really enjoyed that and it was one of those situations where it was like kind of the ideal way to experience it because it was like a hermetically sealed, sealed environment where i had a reasonable idea of what it was but not any major expectations for where it was going and just experienced it all at once and it's is you know it's a very uh low-key game that i think benefits from that environment but i you know i that's my most salient memory because like i just had that experience all at once and then set it aside and it gets to live in my memory as that forever <laughs> cool
0: um matt did you um I, I know that you kind of went into how you got into it was there any other memories no
3: i most this game was uh played uh, um thanks to the first year i brought my son to camp and over the summer, I usually do summer camp, um, but just like nine to noon every day. And then I used to just drive home. But uh, my sons can now go to summer camp with me. And a couple of years ago um, was the first time he could. So suddenly I was like at camp from nine to noon every day. But then camp goes to three o'clock. So I was just like sitting in my classroom. Like, what am I going to do every day from, like, noon to three? Um, I most decidedly did not write my master's degree thesis, which is what the initial thought was. But I uh, brought my Vita every day and popped out a lot of short games, um, most of them, like, one a week or something. And, yeah, so my memory of playing this was sitting at my desk, feet up on the table, um, leaning way back and watching Netflix while playing this (laughs) and being pretty much what the fuck the whole time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, i can't the- think of a better way to spend a summer
3: yeah well i can think of lots of ways but you know we'll go with that
0: oh no no sounds cool oh we'll um, playing
3: video games yes
0: well yeah of course um get, getting into my memory so um i bought it on steam at thanksgiving weekend i think a couple of months after it came out initially and i spent that whole thanksgiving weekend playing it because i you know finished the the normal run, and then the pacifist run, and then I was trying to do the genocide run, but I couldn't figure out how to trigger it. And I eventually had to look at—I beat at the game like three times, thinking, "Well, I killed all the bosses. What am I doing wrong?" And then realized that, well, no, that's not how that works. You have to like actually go kill everything, including like normal monsters.
2: Like, yeah, the quote unquote oh. the quote unquote normal ending has like a million variants based on what bosses you killed
0: yeah yeah i didn't know that and then you know got stuck at the sands fight and felt like i had kind of uh like well there there went half of my weekend (laughs) (laughs) but i mean the game just really did resonate with me um I did some fan art. I drew Meditan dressed like David Lee Roth because, for some weird reason in my headspace, uh, I thought, well, David Lee Roth does high kicks and Meditan does high kicks, so let's just draw him doing that. And I made it very 80s, and it was one of the one of the first five drawings I did when I started drawing again seriously because I was coming coming back after a, a like five year hiatus. Um, so that was pretty cool and i i love the crap out of the game i think it's an awesome game but i i also understand why people are kind of sick of it because of the fandom and i've heard that the fandom is awfully toxic um just the the horror stories i've read about like uh fan artists getting cookies with pens in them because somebody didn't like their ship
2: yeah i mean fandom (laughs) fandoms full of teenagers tend to do that
0: yeah but that that's you know all fandoms have their crappy people and it just seems like some people are crappier than others um oh and i also uh carved Flowey on my halloween pumpkin one year and then sans on my halloween pumpkin and had like two people get it so that made me happy <laughs> but yeah i i think it's an amazing game i i think it's worth playing just like we all said kind of go in blind and you'll be golden if
3: you've gotten to this point of the podcast (laughs) you're not going in blind nope we've already ruined it for you
0: maybe they skipped ahead
1: (laughs) so if you hear this recommendation you're screwed already
0: yeah sorry (laughs) this is the
2: power of nonlinear editing you put that recommendation right at the start before the story summary (laughs) <laughs>
0: they don't listen to our podcast.
2: I mean, they already downloaded it. Our metrics are fine. Ah, oh, true.
0: So I, I think we're ready to put a lid on this one. We, I, th- I think the new format went ex- exceptionally well. Um, got to got all of us talking about it for sure. Um, any final thoughts? Anything you want to add before we put this to bed?
3: Oh, I'm going to let Jesse put us to bed here in a minute. <laughs>
0: well um just a reminder rpg backtrack is a production of rpgamer.com which is your one stop shop for rpg news reviews impressions podcasts we get an excellent discord community we we are awesome you guys are some of my best friends that i've ever had
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: goes along
3: with part of
1: my ending (laughs) you meant the discord well yeah talking to us
0: like the three of us like Discord? I consider Matt a very good friend, and I talk to Chris and Anna every day. And Josh is one of my best friends. And oh boy,
1: purposely name dropping other people.
0: Pascal, you should have just taken that and left it alone. Pascal, you too.
1: (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's how that works.
0: We just don't talk very often. Getting
2: verbally body
1: slammed. Just keep listing more people <laughs> aside from us.
0: Uh, Alex, A- Alice, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh Pascal, you're awesome too.
1: Go down the list of former staffers.
0: Robert, Robert, I never talked to Emmanuel, but I'm sure he was pretty cool. But I'm
1: sure he's already on your friend list.
0: <laughs> Come on, Pascal, you know we love you.
1: Listen,
2: that's it's. Listen, there was just only so many people allowed at the birthday party. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: but yeah um i guess i guess the lesson is that friendship truly is magic especially when you name drop other people but thank you um bat for co-hosting and pascal for um showing up and talking about it despite your uh (laughs) despite your trepidation (laughs) i i feel bad now
3: you're welcome Man, your
1: participation
3: trophies in the mail. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I, I, I def, I earned it. I mean, I, 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 I mean, was you actually not prepared. The game. I mean, you know. Okay. Yeah,
0: hey, writing reviews is hard.
1: No, no, I was being sarcastic. I, I earned okay. the participation, right? Like, I. Yes. Um, my uh, contributions were usually the same. Uh, in other words, um, I don't know. I, I don't remember. <laughs> So, for what it's worth.
3: And, and, so, and if of course, you played Undertale and it wasn't for you, that's okay. For some of us, it wasn't.
0: And, for, and if you loved it, great. David, for being my other good cop, thank you. <laughs> that way, I'm not wasn't outnumbered, <laughs> like I was on uh, uh, Persona Five.
2: <laughs> I regret not being there for that. I would have been its most strident defender.
0: Oh. Uh...
1: <laughs> Was there a lot of negative on Persona 5?
0: Uh, so the, the funny story that's infamous now is that I, I went in there as uh, good cop. Josh was medium cop and um, Sam was bad cop. And at the end of the day, it merged, merged into Josh and Sam both being kind of bad cop. And I was, <laughs> you know, like, Gu- guys, it's not that bad. Bad cop. Yeah. It's <laughs> not that bad. At the end of the show, they're like, That was oh, an interesting
3: podcast to listen to.
0: <laughs> like, oh, God, I feel horrible there were for making you, for making you hate
3: about,
1: the game. You're talking about Persona 5, like, consistently, like, five out of five rated across the board, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they just, it didn't click with them.
1: Meanwhile, I freaking love that game, so.
0: Oh, I love it, too.
2: Someday, when Royal gets, uh, comes up, there's another Persona 5 podcast.
0: Someday when we get a switch port,
2: oh man! The second that happens, I'm playing the damn thing again. Sony
0: <laughs> oh, must have like a dump truck full of money at Atlas.
2: Oh, they they definitely they definitely want that to not move anywhere for the time being.
0: <laughs> but I was I was trying to put this to bed and we got horribly distracted. Okay,
2: Uh-oh.
3: now though.
0: <laughs> but th- thank you, David, for being good cop. Thank you, Pascal, for co- coming on to share your sort of memories. Your fuzzy memories. And, a few I'm, days. I'm, I'm and of
1: course, I'm Amnesiac Cop.
0: And of course, Matt, who yeah. has to be here regardless, but had something to say. Con- contractually Matt, obligated. I, I have Matt Matt, heard more to out, be out of here. Matt
1: this
2: time than half the podcasts I've been on.
3: <laughs> well, usually the reason we have you on is because I haven't played the game, so we need you to like. <laughs> Don't worry, carry the show. i played all games for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this is a game I played, I completed, I did it, I did it, I ran through it. And yeah. I'm going to put us to bed with the immortal words of Random Jessie from Texas State University, who wrote some random blog posts back in 2016, 13 life lessons that she learned from Undertale. And I think these are all very good and not humorous. They're actually pretty good here. Uh, be n- Number one, be wary of trusting strangers. Number two, not all conflicts need to be resolved with violence. Number three. Sometimes putting aside your own needs for somebody else's is best. Number four, friendship carries more than popularity could ever promise. Number five, as long as you have passion, you can achieve anything. Thank you, Maury from Dragon Quest Eight for that one. Uh, number six, never be afraid to be yourself. Number seven, a little charity is always nice. Number eight, never forget about the ones who love you. Number nine, keep a certain tenderness in your heart. Number ten, The past does not always have to reflect the future. Number 11, your true friends will always be there to support you. Number 12, forgive those who are worth forgiving. And number 13, always stay determined.